I don't know if you know this, but this has been proven by science that the best time for a woman to ask for something expensive from her husband is right after sex <laughs> and right after really good sex. <laughs> Welcome to the Unfair Advantage Project. Unique perspectives, practical insights, and unexpected discoveries directly focused on giving you the unfair advantage. Introducing your hosts, Nadia Hughes and Terrence Toe. Welcome to the Unfair Advantage Project. I'm Terrence Toe, Managing Director and Founder of Strategic Corporation. I'll be one of your hosts today and Nadia today with me. Good morning, Nadia. I'm Nadia Hughes. I am from Smart Business Solutions. I'm a director there as well. And I am and, so and happy an accountant, to be here. And an accountant. Yes, a a I, Russian I, accountant, which is what you need if you really, if you need an accountant, you need a Russian accountant, I reckon. Yes, I'm always on the hire. <laughs> That's correct. And today, we're kind of really excited to have Ken Okazaki from Oz Media Global. And he's going to talk to us a little bit today about video. Good morning, Ken. How are you? Morning, morning. I'm really glad to have, be on the show and thanks for inviting me. Yeah. And Ken's joining us from Japan today, which is, I don't think we actually, this is a landmark occasion for us. We haven't had a guest from Japan just yet. So do boys from Japan call Ken often? <laughs> Ken is, usually there's variations like Kento or Kenji or Kentaro, but so uh, just Ken. When I was born, my parents, they gave me the name called So, S-O. And it's actually a great name. It means to be creative. But I went to international school and every time I tried to introduce myself, they said, what's your name? And I'd say, so. And they're like, so what? You know, like, or <laughs> it, was, it took me five minutes just to explain that the word so was my name. On my 16th birthday, I decided to put an end to this madness. And I gave myself a birthday present of a new name called Ken. Because I did some research to figure out what name can't be mispronounced in either Japanese or English or as many languages as possible and is a commonly used male name. So I actually strategically chose the name Ken so that I don't have to worry about explaining my name to people. So that's the story behind my name. It's very disappointing because Vladimir would be more appropriate. Vladimir, you know? Vladimir. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Try to get a Japanese to pronounce that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but They'd always get it wrong. Well, it always gives you longer times face to face. Yeah. So, Ken, first question I've got for you today is, how would you describe what you do without using a job title? What I do, I help coaches, speakers, authors position themselves as the only logical choice using video. And the way I do this is by making videos about them very likely to go viral and attract more people to their message and to their business. I just picked the word viral here, and for me, it's an affection. It's go, to go viral, it's basically attracting very wide audience. Mm-hmm. What is it for you going viral means? Does it mean? Because in marketing, it's all about target the audience. Going viral, mm-hmm. it's almost opposite for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. And people have the exact same question as that. So a lot of people, times when you think of viral videos, you think of the cute kittens, you know, the, the car accident, the lightning bolt, these things that are kind of random, right? And that is one form of viral video. But when you do it strategically, and that means that we are actually giving content that's going to promote your message and then frame it in such a way so that people are going to want to share it, then that is what I would call strategic viral videos. And Viral literally means that the video takes life of its own. You're not pushing it out. People are sharing it. So it's really pulling you into the market instead of you pushing. And if you, you can take your message, if you have a meaningful purpose and frame a message that people want to share, it, and that's what I do. Now I'm fascinated. Now I'm in. What kind of video would go viral? What's the key <laughs> ingredients in a video has to be present in order to secure this spread of infection? Okay, so there's a lot of things that go into this. I'm going to give you the really simple version first, and then we could go deep into any one of them if you like. But there's something that I call the shit strategy, okay? And yes, you heard me, S-H-I-T, shit strategy. And this is the mindset I go into every time I make a design a viral video. Now, first of all, do you know the place where 90% of the people actually watch videos? Like, where are you physically when you watch a video? 
Number one, is it on your desktop or your mobile? Yep. It's going to be on your wow. mobile, 100%, yeah. right? Right. Yeah, 100%. And number two, where do people spend most of their days? The majority of the day is spent at work, right? And when you're at work, you're not supposed to be on your phone so much. You're supposed to be, you know, doing whatever else you're doing. So the research has shown the videos that are viewed are going to be 90% done in a public toilet stall. Okay? So you got to put yourself in the mindset. This, the guy you're trying to reach, the person you're talking to is sitting on a crapper, right? So you imagine yourself sitting there in a toilet stall. So they're, number one, they're scrolling through Facebook. And the people scroll at a rate of about, what is it, 10 inches per second, which is really fast now. It gets faster and faster. So number one, you got to remember that you got to grab their attention really fast with a really strong headline. You got to ambush their eyeballs, right? But the principle here is that once you grab their attention, have you ever come to a video and it looks interesting and then you look at the play bar and it says it's 30 minutes and oh. you're like, God, I don't have time for this, right? What do you do? Scroll. <laughs> you just you scroll past it. You're just like, I don't have time for this. Yeah, but yeah. maybe later you might save it, and then it goes to the save section that you never actually look at, right? So in order to overcome that, you got to remember the person's got to be in and out in about probably three minutes. So if your video is longer than three minutes, the rate of people who are interested but leave is very very high. So rule number one: the person's in the story, he doesn't have more than three minutes. Otherwise, his boss is going to be on his case, right? Number two: the video looks interesting. It's under three minutes, but then when you start playing it. The person who's talking to you, you can't hear them. And most of the time, you don't have earphones in either. So, and if they turn on the volume, there might be someone on the right and on the left listening, and that's a little bit embarrassing. So again, if you don't have really bold captions that spells out every single word you're saying, you're going to lose them, okay? And that's going to be about 80% of the time when you're sitting down, you don't have your earphones in. So rule number two, you need that. And rule number three is that you got to remember there's more than one person in that bathroom stall, okay? There's a person sitting down, and then there's you. And what that means is it's an intimate one-to-one -one connection. You're having a conversation with a real person. You're not presenting to 5,000 people. You're not on the radio. You're not on TV. You're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And this is an issue that a lot of people who are professional speakers have. I get them in my studio, and I'm directing them, and they say stuff like, hey, guys, how many of you have ever felt like this? Raise your hand if, and I'm just like, dude, the guy's sitting on a toilet. He's not going to raise his hand. He's not going <laughs> to you know, stand up and go to the bathroom. Like literally, the conversation has to feel like you're talking to a friend. It has to be a conversational tone. Well, and you're always talking to one person. I have an issue with it. We, you're having conversation with a person who doesn't have the pants on. So it's just, you have to be real. It's like, have to make dignified moment out of this so it's you created a lot of this metaphor with not even metaphor you just created this visual image for us and it's just very hard to work with it at the moment so let us adjust for, for a second it's quite bold concept but very catchy i will remember it forever so thank you for that ken <laughs> but the thing is i mean it's not just catchy it's actually real stats you know this is where people watch videos and how they watch videos and the other thing about being having a conversational tone is that it's not scripted. What you have is a big idea in your mind. And just like right now on this podcast, nothing I'm saying is scripted, but I have deep knowledge about this. So what I do is I have something called a hive of deep knowledge. And I call it the hives because what comes out of a, a beehive is honey, right? It's the good stuff that comes naturally to you. Bees don't make tons of effort to invent honey every time. It just comes naturally to them. And it's great stuff, right? And I think that every single person, if you dig deep onto what is the good stuff that comes naturally to you and focus only on that, you don't need a script. You just need a topic. And that's what makes you good at it because the bees, what they do, they regurgitate the pollen. And what you're doing, you collected the pollen from all over the world and now you're regurgitating for our listeners in a very adaptable form and using all those vivid images. That's what I think makes you like a bee. Thank you. I think that regurgitating is one form, but I, I liked, I mean, if you don't mind, I really prefer to call it, you know, you're transforming it because they're taking the, the nectar, right? But it doesn't come out as nectar. It comes out as something totally different that's uniquely theirs, you know? Yes. A lot of people do regurgitate and I that's something I try to avoid. You know, I don't take somebody else's content and spit that out. And I don't encourage other people to do that, even though it's, it's difficult for some people when they consume so much content. But really what I encourage people to do is dig deep into what is uniquely theirs. And it's okay if it's influenced by things that you've heard around you, 
but it's really got to be your deep knowledge. You, you don't just, you know, I heard this great blog post or YouTube video or something and then quote that quote. You know, you want to keep that to a minimum because it's not going to be long before there's going to be 20 other people doing the same thing and then you don't stand out anymore. How are you? This is one of the things which I want to go a bit more deep in this thing, this original, because you are quite right. You're touching the point when everybody catches on and then mm -hmm. you, ha you have to be always step ahead and everything. Where do you get this trick of creativity to keep constantly producing interesting content for the videos? And, okay. And, so, and being this, grab this attention. Mm -hmm. So I told you earlier about the concept of, you know, the shit strategy. And the first thing that's, that you got to think about is that when people are scrolling, they're scrolling really fast. And you've probably seen these videos where you have a big, bold title on the top of the frame, right? Do you ever wonder why the title's on the top of the frame exactly the way it is? That's where your eyes land first. Is it right? Yes. Because when you're scrolling, you never scroll up to down. It's always bottom to top, right? And so the thing that is going to stay on the screen for the longest is the top line of the title. The thing that's going to stay on the screen the second longest is the second line. You've got to think about what is on the first line of the title, the second line of the title, the third line of the title, and then your face. So this comes back to something I call hockey puck titles, which is really one of the core elements of everything I do. Have you ever made videos and put them online? Yeah, videos. sure. Yeah, you I have mean, both of you. Make, about you, making video like for filming somebody or making my own selfie. You, of you, of you. Ah, yes, I have done it recently, and it's just epic failure. But yeah, I did try. Okay. I did have a go. So let, let me know if this sounds familiar. Okay, first of all, you stop and think like, "Am I good at that? I want to teach, right?" And then you write down a few ideas. Okay, and then the next thing you do is you pick one of them and say, "I want to make a video about this." And you write down maybe a script or a few bullet points, right? And then you set up your camera or your iPhone. You have your script in front of you. Maybe you have an assistant. And if you're really fancy, maybe you have a clip-on mic and, and some lights. But uh, you get that all set up. You kind of rehearse what you're going to do. You hit record. You look at the camera. Deliver that message or that conversation. You hit stop, right? And then you bring it to your computer. Think of a catchy title. You upload it. And then the last step, this is the most important. You go like this and you pray to God that somebody will click and watch your video. Does that sound familiar? Well, we are all in this boat, but, I think. <laughs> I think that's familiar for lots of people creating videos. Yeah. So here's the problem with that. You put a lot of work into it. Maybe you even hire a professional videographer. But because of the fact that you don't know if people will click your video or not, that's a very risky thing to do. Because as busy entrepreneurs, our time is important. You know, our resources as far as equipment and the teams you hire, all of that's important. And then it all boils down to, you don't even know if people watch your video, right? And when I thought of this, I thought this is fundamentally flawed. You know, you can't have repeatable, consistent success running the system like this. And I got into this because I, I have a love of videography. I'm Japanese, so... I love to spend money on cameras and lenses and stuff like that. <laughs> but then I realized I got to help my clients have a better success rate. So how can I turn this around so that we can have a much better success rate and it's much more repeatable? So I call it hockey puck titles because have you ever heard of somebody named Wayne Gretzky? Mm. He's uh, probably the world's most famous. Have you heard of Michael Jordan? Yes, of course. So he's like the Michael Jordan of ice hockey. Okay. And somebody asked him, what's the secret to your success? How come you have, you know, more awards, more medals than anybody else in the world and things like that? And he says, well, there's one thing that I always think of. Whenever I'm playing, I don't skate to where the puck is. I skate to where the puck will be. So he doesn't go to where he thinks the knowledge is. He goes to where he believes people will actually click. And that's the metaphor I use. So I thought, okay, so what we need to do is find out, first of all, what is the person's sphere of deep knowledge. For example, your brand might be about podcasting uh, or might be about accounting. I'm not sure. But if you have something that you, I would say there's a lot of subjects that would fit into a neat circle that you could call your brand, right? Or your expertise. And then there's another sphere, which, is, which represents what is currently trending today. What are people sharing? What are people commenting on? What are people responding to online? 
And then with a little bit of research, we can figure out where's the intersection, okay? What is it that you do right now that you're great at, that you're getting great results with, and what aspect of that or what angle of that is going to catch people's attention today, okay? So once we find that intersection, let's say in accounting, there might be something called, I don't know, accounting hacks for 80-year-old retirees or something. I don't know. Maybe for some reason that's a big deal. So we're only going to focusing on accounting for elderly people. And then what we do is we go and we research how to write killer titles that people are going to respond to, how to get people's attention. And that's one of the things that we do in our companies. We write titles that convert, period. And so step one, find the intersection between your brand and the market, what's trending. Step two, identify the things in the intersection and then write titles that people will respond to that can relate to that. Now, here's the third step, okay? We've got the titles and let's say you're planning to shoot 10 videos today. We're going to have about, I shoot for three times the amount in case some don't, don't really hit it. But let's say we've got 30 titles and I say, hey, for example, Nadia, would you consider yourself a professional at accounting? Yes, of course. Okay, so if I made a title and I'm just going to try to, you know, make up one in my mind right now. But if I said, hey, Nadia, I got the camera pointer at you. I'd like to know, could you talk for, let's say, five minutes about this title? And the title is Three Things Business Owners Don't Understand About Accounting. Of course. Yeah. Let me Easy, start. right? Yes. Because that is your expertise. And I just saw your face light up. You're like, hey, I can do this, right? <laughs> and I'll tell you the other trick. And you can use that title if you like. Uh, you can make it five or two, but whatever fits for you. But the thing is, that title will get clipped by business owners who are like having, pulling their hair out because they don't get their accounting. They don't understand that, the concept of it. So number one, you have deep knowledge about it and you can talk about it in a conversational way without a script, without bullet points. And on top of it, it's from your deep knowledge. You don't have to work hard. You're just answering questions. And you have a fairly good success rate that somebody's going to be interested in click that video and be interested in what you have to say about it. Let me know if that makes sense to you. Yes. I think Nadia is going to be recording a video shortly. <laughs> that would be good. Oh, I will chase you in Sydney and say, let's do that. Mm. Interesting because I'm straight away labeled as the most boring profession in the world. And when I say I'm an accountant, people just go, oh, yeah, I hate accounting. It's just all numbers and everything. But, but they wouldn't say that to your face, would they? Because you know, then you call your KGB friends on them, right? <laughs> yes. Well, I actually like to challenge them on this. But anyway, what I did learn from you right now is deep knowledge. To talk about topic which your face lights up about. Exactly. And only talk about that in the yeah. beginning when you want to attract the right people. Okay, cool. So now we've got a title for Nadia's next video, yep. right? Mm -hmm. And yep. I know because we had a really good chat at a conference a while back that you've got some great structures to actually yep. help us to put together videos that will, mm -hmm. will go viral or will at least you know be seen by what I would like to say is like, you can't guarantee virality, but you can definitely increase the odds. And that's what I do. You know, it's, it is something that there is an art, there are trends. There's too many circumstances to guarantee it. But I just, what I do is I just turn up all the dials and make it really, really likely, you know, mm -hmm. that disclaimer is out there. Like just anybody <laughs> who tells you they can guarantee it. Yeah. I call bullshit on them. It's not something you can guarantee. Yeah. So how can we structure a video? to okay. best odds of going viral. Let's put it that way. Okay, so this is really easy to remember. And I want you to write this down if you're listening to this podcast. If you're in the car, do not stop the car. Just try to remember it. There's one name, okay? And this person's name is Hilda. Spelled H-I-L-D-A. Okay? Now, this system, this name, helps you to structure your videos so you can take a big idea, a big concept, and compress it into three minutes. And with the structure, I've had the best success rate, number one, of grabbing people's attention early on, getting them to watch all the way to the end, and at the end, feeling satisfied with the content you gave them, and making a micro-commitment at the end. And as we all know, a micro-commitment is the first step in any marketing process to get people to go on to take the next step and the next step, right? So uh, I don't know if this is interesting to listeners, but what do you think? Do you think I should share what Hilda is and the basics of how it works? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 
Is Hilda a girl's name in Russia or is, is that just uh, like a Scandinavian thing? It's a Scandinavian thing. We don't have Hilda. Just maybe some modern crazy mom would call one just for... <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I like it because it sounds like Brunhilda, you know, the, the warrior. Yeah, anyhow. So here we go. So H-I-L-D-A. H stands for hook, okay? Now, when you... Oh, the first three seconds is when you have to hook them. And I mean hook them strong. Now, there's a lot of ways to do this. One of my favorites is ask a question. If I say something like, and I'm going to keep using you, Nadia, as an example, because I know you do accounting. Yes. If I say something like, video starts with, why are there more women accountants than men? Then all of a sudden, everybody who is interested in accounting or getting a job in accounting or setting it, they're going to be like, oh, I never thought of that before, right? Depending on what the topic is, right? You're going to change that. But start with a question that's going to get people. The term I like to do is you plant a hole in their brain, okay? And what this means is that it's a question they didn't know they had that you just put there, and the only way they can get the answer is to continue watching that video, okay? They didn't know they had the question, but you can put a question right in their brain. How about this? Why do accountants drive BMWs and not Benzes. Now, I don't know if that's true, but if you do a little bit of research, you can find these things. And then no one ever had that question in their mind until you posed it, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe BMW has a great deal on tax returns that accountants know about or something. I don't know. <laughs> like you find these obscure facts, but then you tie it into your content. So first thing, find a really interesting question that plants a hole in their brain. Okay, that's the hook. It can be two seconds, it could be 10 seconds, doesn't matter. Just make sure that it starts really strong and the person has a need to fill this gap that you just put in their brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, is that making sense so far? Now, yes. the next thing after the hook, right? And you, this is the first words you say. You don't say hello, you don't say how are you, nothing like that. Start with the question. No fluff whatsoever because you have very little time. Now, the second thing is introduce yourself. Now, this is optional. That's I for introduce. A lot of people get it the wrong way around. They say, hi, my name is uh, Ken Okazaki and I do video. And today I want to teach you about da 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 And what happens is people don't care who I am because I'm not, you know, Beyonce. <laughs> and if I were, I wouldn't have to introduce myself. What all they care about is what can, what value can I give them, right? But if the person, if you're trying to brand yourself as uh, becoming authority, then it might be appropriate to say your name there. Keep it really short. Now there's three ways to introduce yourself, all right? First way is your name and your title. Hi, I'm Ken Okazaki, CEO and founder of Oz Media Global. Or it could be a best-selling book that you put out, an accomplishment. Hi, I'm Ken Okazaki, the first Japanese male to climb Mount Everest in less than 30 minutes. <laughs> or, you know, some major accomplishment that you are known for. And third one is who you help. That's the last one. Hi, I'm Ken Okazaki. I help entrepreneurs to help Japify their brand online using video. So that's, so it's your name plus one of those three options. Now, do not do all three. Hi, I'm Ken Okazaki, you know, CEO and founder of Osmedia Global, you know, world record breaker for da 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 and I hope that that gets too long. Keep it super short and just pick one, okay? So again, that's your job title, your accomplishment, or who you help, yep. okay? So we've gotten to I, so hook, hook them with a question, introduce yourself, the next is lead them on. Now, if at this point I told you exactly the reason why accountants choose BMW over Benz, then be like, oh, that's interesting. And then you just leave, right? Now, it's a bit like uh, when you're preparing a four-course meal or a seven-course meal. The good stuff is at the end, and everything else before that is setting you up for the anticipation for how good that's going to be. So at this point, you're going to say, look, uh, you know, a lot of people don't really get the difference between the tax benefits. And did you know that this one strategy that accountants use really do account for you know, XXX amount of money and XXX amount of time, you know, all these different, you build up the anticipation, like how good is it? What, what did it do for you? And how did it help you? Another thing is uh, you can tell the backstory of how you found out. Like, you know, I used to be spending, you know, over $20,000 on taxes on this one issue until I figured this out. And now it's down to just $2,000. And I, I was amazed when I found this out. So these are all ways to build the anticipation. Tell them, the backstory for why you found it. Or you could say, you know, I found this old newspaper that was printed in 1944. And on it, there was this, you know, 10 tips for accountants. 
And when I saw that, I realized that actually these are lost secrets that are still applicable today. Now, that would be a great lead, right? So whatever it takes to make the next step where you're actually going to teach what, what you're going to teach them, whatever it takes to anticipate it just long enough so that they're just begging for you to say, just tell me already, right? I have a question about it. A yes. lot of American advertisements, and especially in the supplement industries, have yeah. explored this particular lead them on technique is too much. I click on video, uh, they're promising me that they're going to answer what certain food group causing me to gain weight or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they go on and on and on. They actually losing me on a lead session because they abuse it. Yeah, they're not doing a good job of leading. And yes, but it's an expensive advertisement. I can see it's doctors or some really, really large companies yeah. pay for it. The problem is it becomes too markety because I know this is a technique now. I know they're catching me on it and I can feel dragged by the hook. It's insulting being led so, you know, openly. Yeah. So first of all, that's a really good question. And I've definitely experienced that. And that's strategy around that, which I call Rick Roll. Basically, here's the difference. Number one, you're giving free information to your audience to attract more people. And the tone is going to be very different. It's not going to be the slick marketing campaign that people are putting tons of money behind. And number two, you're not asking for a sale at the end. You're asking for a micro commitment. And number three, it's very short. This is going to be about, the whole thing would be about three minutes. So what you spend, the time you spend on the lead will be about 30 seconds. I think that there are extremes to this where people take it too far. And it's going to leave that bad taste in your mouth. Now, everybody has a different style. And what's really important is you find your own style. If it feels unnatural to you, I just say, don't do it. You know, Let's find what comes naturally to you and expand on that. And don't try to copy somebody else's style if it's not yours. And this comes with a bit of practice. You, know, you might watch yourself and say, oh, you know, what? I got too markety or too salesy on that lead. Then we can just change it up and make it flow better for you. Mm -hmm. But after I explain the entire Hilda thing, I'll give an example how it would sound and I think find that it actually feels quite natural okay and sometimes it's just a, a couple sentences sometimes it's a minute I don't know depending on the context so I think one of the things that you're saying there is kind of always bring everything that you do we discussed this on a previous episode with Ivan Meisner I think bring everything back to your values as well like mm -hmm. you know it becomes pretty obvious if you're not being authentic and you're not doing something that kind of sits well with your own values and mm -hmm. so that absolutely kind of statement yeah 100 true it's got to be consistent with your values so we've gotten to lead just where we build the excitement for the reveal and then the deliver is where you actually tell them give them the goods you know and there's a few ways to do this you could just say what most people get wrong is this like you've seen these misquoted memes online right a lot of people say, hey, most people think Abraham Lincoln said this, but actually what he said was this, you know, whatever it is that you're revealing to them, you got to make sure that it is proportionate to the hook you gave at the beginning. Now, the big overriding principle that nothing will go over that encompasses everything in my strategy is something that I feel is really important that most people miss. And it's that brand equals trust. And every single thing we do, that one question that I ask does this build trust with my audience? If the answer is yes, we'll use it. If the answer is no, we'll scrap it or we'll fix it. So this is where the trust factor comes in really importantly. If you said you're going to teach them something or reveal something or answer a question, then that's the H, the hook, right? Now the deliver at the end, it better be what you promise and at the level that you promise. Because if it's not then you're shooting yourself in the foot. You will not gain a faithful audience. Is it, some people might click once. They might get fooled once. They might get fooled twice. But third time, you're out for sure. Okay, people are just like, I will never click that person's video again. You know, they led me on and they just gave me garbage. Okay, so the delivery has to be at minimum matching expectations and better yet over delivering on what you said. So this is a really important part. So whatever it is you're going to teach, make sure that it matches. So that's the deliver. So we got to H-I-L-D. Now the very last one is A, which is ask. Okay. Now, I don't know if you know this, but this has been proven by science that the best time 
for a woman to ask for something expensive from her husband is right after sex <laughs> and right after really good sex, you know, like, can I have a new fridge or can we go on that vacation? Or I saw this really great dress or oven. I don't, I don't know what it is. So did, did they really uh, do like scientific experiments? To oh yeah. Yeah. I, I will dig that up. But it's, <laughs> this is because, you know, they actually have. Oh, you're people. just sharing personal yeah. experience here. Yeah. Yeah, personal experience is also in the mix. <laughs> so I guess But, your uh, wife got the best dishwasher. Uh, With six kids, amazing. come on. <laughs> <laughs> so there's definitely something to be said about that. Now, if you did a good job on hooking and bringing them all the way through introducing, lead, deliver, and if they feel really satisfied and happy about what you showed them, that's the best time to ask. Now, when you ask something, this is not where you sell. Don't say, get my free newsletter. Don't say, get, you know, let me send you something to your email. Don't say, you know, uh, join my group or, you know, this is not the time to take them to your lead magnet. Okay. Just to be really clear. A lot of people who, who are my clients say, okay, yeah, I want to get them into my funnel so we can make a sale. I'm like, no, this is not the time to do that. This is where you ask for micro commitment, something that costs them no money, but a tiny bit of effort. Okay. Now this is, we're not going to ask people to like the page because that's old and it hardly means anything anymore. It's almost next to zero. Mm -hmm. You're going to ask people to either comment on it. Okay. So there might be a question that you pose like, Hey guys. So if you agree with what I said, let me know and just type yes or something like that. You might ask them to tag a friend in the video so that it gets exposed to them on their timeline. And you might ask them to share the video if it's meaningful to them. And there's a specific way to do this too. So this is actually how I teach it. First of all, you identify who, right? So either you, a friend, colleague, or someone else, and then qualify who needs a laugh, who goes to college, has made this mistake, who eats chicken, who has this issue. These are just, you know, kind of examples. And then the action you want them to take to share, tag, comment, or join. So you just pick one each. Say, hey guys, if you know a colleague who has made this mistake before, go ahead and tag them so that they can see this video and maybe they can improve, right? Or you just pick one of each of these lists and it feels really natural and it's contextual to what you just share. If you say something like, uh, hey, if you are someone who loves to eat chicken, then comment below that I love chicken, you know? So that's engagement. Facebook is going to notice the uptick in the engagement there and they're going to give you more their, I don't know what you call it, their magic potion <laughs> to share your video to more people. They're going to help you out with their algorithms. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> So this whole thing can get compressed in just three minutes. Uh, three minutes is my golden number. You know, up to five is fine. Down to one is fine. Three minutes has worked best. Okay. So I've got a couple of questions now. <laughs> the first one is you said you were going to demonstrate this to us. <laughs> so give me a topic. And I just going to preframe this with uh, the fact that I don't know what the topic's going to be and I don't know if it's my expertise. So I might just be making stuff up, but this is for the demonstration of the structure, not for the content. And I want to make that crystal clear because I'm not sure what you're going to give me. Okay. Is that um, right? Terence done quite a few videos and they <laughs> effective for him. I'm novice in this. I basically absolutely petrified to be in front of video. I usually quite often check myself out whether I got some problem while I'm talking, which is a very big problem. And I am very self-conscious. So allow me to be in this space. Is it okay for me to ask? Yeah. yeah. Gives a topic. Yeah. So I am an accountant who takes big yeah. pride not speaking Akantanese to my clients, which means in a very clear language, I will explain them very complicated concepts. They yeah. need to know in order to grow business. And I will yeah, enable yeah. them to operate with those financial concepts and build their business. That's pretty much it. So I do not yeah. speak complicated language. I don't speak down to them. Can you give me an example of two words that are most commonly used that always has the clients scratching it like, what does that mean? Give me two okay. words. What type of legal structure would you like to put your business in? Legal structure. Okay. Give me one more. Okay. And another one would be probably, do you know the difference between budget and cash flow forecast? <laughs> Now, so we have to just make sure that everybody who's watching or listening, this is not scripted. We have not planned this, yeah. mm -hmm. right? 
Ken is about to kind of put a little bit of a structure together. He did this to okay. me when I say to me, maybe for me at, at the conference when we first met. It was pretty amazing. Let's see what we come up with. Come on. Yep. Okay. The yep. title at the top is going to say two phrases that are costing you business. Okay. So does anybody who's in a, and this is going to be, uh, you're going to be putting, posting this in groups where accountants are, for example. So they're going to contextually understand it's about accounting. Okay. So the title is two phrases that are costing you business. And so it might start something like, Hey guys, there's these two phrases. And about three years ago, I realized I need to stop using them. And my business literally tripled because of it. And I want to share that with you today. Hi, my name is Nadia and I'm an accountant just like you. So here's the thing I used to, when I came out of college, and I learned everything about accounting. My most important thing for me was to get the message across clearly. I wanted to use the right words and the right structure to make sure that everybody understood me clearly. But there was a problem with that. Everybody who came from the same classes as me, they understood me. But the people who were paying my bills, they did not understand me. And client after client after client was taking way too much of my time because I had to explain it. And on top of it, they ended up leaving me because they felt like I didn't understand them. And they obviously didn't understand me. And I thought it was their fault. And so I went through all the things that all the meetings I went with them, over with them, and things we talked about. And I realized that there's just actually two simple phrases. There are a lot, but there's two main phrases that every time I said this, their eyes glassed over, and I realized they checked out. And once I revealed them to you, you might realize that you're using this yourself. But here's the thing. I took them out of my business completely, out of my vocabulary, and I translated them into much more user-friendly words, which will convey the meaning without the confusion. So if you want the meeting without the confusion, if you want to retain clients and you want them to be engaged in your conversation, you got to know this. So here it is, okay? These two phrases, okay? If you say legal structure, to you that makes sense, but to them, they do not get it. They check out, okay? Their eyes are looking at you, but their eyes are glassed over. Their mind is at, hey, I wonder who's playing football today, okay? The other one is budget and cash flow forecast. If you say that, you know what it means, but everybody else is not as smart as you. They're not as smart as us. We're an elite class of people. What they're going to think is, Oh, I wonder what's cooking for dinner tonight. What should I buy? They checked out. So here's the thing. Get rid of these two words and replace them with, and then blank, blank, blank. I'll let you use whatever term you use. Replace them with these two. And here's what I can guarantee. People will listen. They will be more engaged. And on top of it, people will feel like you're a human, not speaking what we call accountantese. So let me know if that helped you. And here's uh, what I want to do. I want to convert as many accountants as possible from speaking accountantese to speaking freaking English. So if you know an accountant or two, do me a favor, put their name in the comments below so they can see this video and it might help them out too. All right. See you later. Bye. Cool. Done. <laughs> Legend. Yes. That was awesome. So, did that make Thanks sense to you? Much. Did you see where I was going with the hook, the intro, the lead, the deliver and the ask? You know what? Right? I didn't because I was fascinated by content <laughs> and I didn't follow the ingredients. So you were doing it very so This is recording, right? See? It's a high again, end. By the way, what would you replace those two words with for our podcast listeners? They might be interested. Instead yeah. of legal structure, what do you say now? I say, you know, the clam, the sea creature lives in a sea. It has a shell. So legal structure is like a shell for a clam and your clam is a business. So a shell can have different and that's how I Great. go them on. And how about budget and cash flow forecast? Budget is all about money coming, what are you going to invoice to your customers mm -hmm. and what to deal with in this period of time. When forecast is when your chin-chin will be coming into your bank account and when chin-chin will be coming out of your bank account at what point of time and how much you will have. That is so good. So you can go ahead and use a structure with almost any topic. And what, what I've done is I've taken the big idea, shrunk it down to a short amount of time by using a specific structure. And very likely, if people relate to it, and they have the same similar problem, then they will share or they'll comment and you will become known as the expert in de-accountant-using accountants. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Cool. So good. I think Nadia was just looking for where to share or comment <laughs> like yes. someone's name in yes. the video. All right. So I just want to come back to a couple of things that we've kind of skimmed past. And <laughs> this has been great fun, by the way. You said that, at the end of that video, at the ask point, now yep. is the time to ask for any more of a commitment. Mm -hmm. When is the time to ask? So there are different strategies in place, okay? Now, a lot of this has to do with what are you offering? Like in Nadia's case, you might be looking for more clients. 
for her practice, or she might be looking for accountants who want to take a course with her for how to better relate to clients. I'm not sure. So since there are so many different strategies, I think what might be best is you just give me a scenario of what type of product or service you're trying to market. And I can give some ideas for how that would pan out. Mm-hmm. Nadia? So basically, I would like to get more clients and certain type of clients. And those clients are who wants to grow their business through financial awareness. Okay. So number one, the content that you're going to be creating is not, like for the last one you gave me, I didn't understand your model then. So this, I created that to appeal to accountants, which is okay. Which is but, fine. It's a next level up. When you build mm-hmm. up your successful business, I'm quite excited that you gave me this perspective because when you build your own business, you want to teach other yeah. people how to do it well. Exactly. You're the authority. But more likely, I would probably change it up. I would probably say something like, hey, guys, have you ever sat in an accountant's office or you, had the, you called them to your desk and then they started saying stuff like legal structure and budget and cash flow forecast? Well, here's the thing. That's called accountantese. And my, my job is to help you get through all that and just understand what the fuck they're saying. And so here's the thing. I made this chart of the six most commonly used terms that nobody gets. And on the right side, it's whatever it means. So I'm just going to read those off to you. And it's a cheat sheet. So you can translate what that means. And every time, no matter what accountant comes in, whether they speak Cantonese or English, it doesn't matter. You're going to just pull out this cheat sheet and that's for free. I'm going to give that to you. And let me know if there's anything else to help you with. Okay? So the micro commitment wouldn't be that. I think you just, you know, you give it to them for free without a need for them to opt in or anything. You can do an opt-in because they're business owners. They might be more likely to. They're not employees. So I think in your case, would you say you're a boutique practice or? Yes, uh, we are boutique and where I'm getting away developing also, I'm a financial planner as well, developing a special mm-hmm. offer for particular type of people. And yeah. that's what I would be calling myself. I am going to have a great focus on financial feasibility of divorce. Mm. Okay. So would you say you specialize in divorce? Well, I will be as a financial planner. Mm. In my capacity of financial planner and advisor. Okay. Because I believe people spend so much money or, and time, of course, it's the same thing eventually, mm-hmm. on arguing and yeah. lawyers if they will invest as a couple this money, what they yet to spend on lawyers, again, invested, they would return on investment would be greater. Therefore, they agreeing to it and seeing financial outcomes before they go into the battle, Ajibaji, would be very beneficial. Obviously, they have to be open for this process. And it's a movement going to be taken up by lawyers first. And then, of course, they would need accountants who will and financial planners who will help the client to see the burden of divorce and not enter into this down this awful path. And do you think that's going to be the main focus of your practice? Eventually? Well, my main focus of this product, which I'm going to, and offering, which product. I'm going to design. Okay. So I know I still know very little. You, you gave me a good explanation. I think with divorce, is, in your experience, is it usually something that happens suddenly or over a long period of time? courses for horses some couples it's usually one partner gets ready for divorce within period of five years they're planning in their head the other partner usually the other party is not aware what's happening so it's Mm -hmm. one is always worse off and this is what happening when people in completely different mindset approaching Mm -hmm. a lot of arguments happening a lot of guilt a lot of anger and that makes people very irrational and they lose a lot of money Okay, I think I got a good picture. So because it's a long period of time, at first I was thinking if it's a sudden thing, like for example, maybe with medical emergency, then just need a straight call to action because people don't have time to get warmed up. But because it's a long period of time, then it's definitely worth it to make a lot of videos that address people's biggest pains and frustrations about that process. Okay, Mm -hmm. you identify the seven biggest ones, make those videos, get them really professionally done because you're going to be using these videos over and over and over for a long period of time. Now, the second step after that is to get people to subscribe to what we call the core beliefs. Like, what are the principles that you run your business on? Now, this sounds like a long process, but building trust is what it's all about here. You know, you want to get people to, as a knee-jerk reaction, when they think, I need a professional accountant to sort out this mess, they automatically think of you. And if you're available, you can take them. It's more like they're requesting for you to help them, not you're asking for their business, right? That's the position you want to be in. And if you do it right, that's what will happen. 
Third step is this. You will have a couple of ads made, whether they're video or text or graphic. It, any one of those will work. Of course, I recommend video. I think they're the most effective. But at that point, there's an ad where there's a direct call to action to book a call for your service. Now, this ad gets shown specifically to people who've watched, we can control this, who've watched your other videos at least 50%. In other words, it's not accidental. They intentionally watched it, okay? And we can set the tolerance for how many of those videos they watched, how long they watched, so then we can gauge how hot of a lead they are. And of course, we can target depending on location and things like that. So I want to make sure we're not wasting money on people who are, you know, in another country, for example. Mm-hmm. So once we have that all sorted out, what happens is because you put effort into building what I call the long-term strategy of branding, then the marketing and the sales become very easy. So imagine you have a line and you have, you know, and there's a balance between marketing, branding, and sales, right? Sales is all the way on this side. There we are. And branding is on this side. So most people have a little bit of branding, a lot of marketing, and a lot of sales. So what I, I like to push that needle all the way over here where it's like 80% branding. The effort is there. And then the marketing and sales is just a slippery, a nice, very well lubricated path to finding you and asking for your business. How do you find that affects the sales side of things, right? Because the, the obvious thing is, well, all of a sudden you're branding a whole lot and then marketing yep. less and selling a lot less. I think, can I see whether I understood your gist is by building really inviting brand, really desirable things, you evoke people's desire to reach out. And that's exactly. this market is very easy. So what you do, you preheat them so much in a, and make your brand desired that they go look for it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're into exactly. pull rather than push. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, but what effect have you found, Ken? Let me just go back one moment for that. Yeah. This is not for everybody, this kind of strategy, because if you are somebody who has a neat little gadget and you want to make a bunch of sales, like for example, a commodity, then you know, you should probably just go straight for the sale because people aren't going to remember the brand. But if you're somebody who is willing to commit for the long term, and what that means establish yourself as the authority for years to come, then this is worth every bit of effort. You know, it's worth making all the videos for free. It's worth, you know, thinking about how much effect it's going to have over the long period of time. And building a community of followers around you who perceive you automatically as the authority, just without question, you know? And that's the holy grail there is when people think accountant automatically, you know, it's Nadia, you know? Like if someone thinks, you know, tennis, it's usually like Serena Williams, right? If someone thinks, you know, whatever the category is, we want your name to be on the tip of the tongue without hesitation. Now, that sounds like a bold statement. I like to set my goals pretty high so that the harder I work to get there, the <laughs> most likely the closest we'll, closer we'll get. So it's a long-term play. You're not going to get sales tomorrow. You won't get a million views tomorrow, most likely. As one of my clients did, but <laughs> that's a rare exception. It usually takes to building up ramp. Okay. So that's a disclaimer I put to this. This is not for quick turnaround sales. This is for people who want to build an establishment and be known for what they do best long-term. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I prefer working with those kind of people anyway. People who just want to sell tomorrow, then it's so much effort for a short amount of time. And, and then after that, there's nothing left for it, except for the cash you got in your pocket. You didn't really build trust or community. You just made sales, right? Mm-hmm. And then you got to do it all over again for the next sale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, you're building value out there. As you say, that's, well, I like what you said, brand equals trust. You know, I also think about it is that your brand is the way you make someone feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they kind of go hand in hand. One thing you mentioned a little bit earlier was the Rick roll. Yeah. So have you ever watched that video? No. No. Okay. So this probably about six or seven years ago, there was this internet prank going around. And what people would do is they'd send a a really catchy headline like, hey, check out this link. It's the new iPhone that just got leaked. Actually, that just happened last night. (laughs) That was interesting. But, you know, something catchy like, oh, I found this video of you. Have you seen it? Something that that emotionally is going to get the person to click, right? And when you click on it, there's this really cheesy 80s pop song of this British pop star named Rick Astley. 
And it just became this, this ongoing joke. If you could get someone to click and watch that video, then it's like, ha, gotcha, right? So that was kind of funny. But the thing is, let's say, Terrence, you sent me a link. Cause, hey, Ken, I just saw this thing, this amazing thing. Check it out. And I click on it. And I'm like, aha, very funny, Terrence, right? The next day, he said, send me another link. It's, I saw this video of you on Australian TV. Is this really you? I might click on it the second time. And I'd be like, ah, he got me again. The third time, it will not happen. I'm just like, I'm not going to click it a single time. Again, I automatically have put you outside of my circle of trust. I'm like, okay, this guy's got me twice. He'll not give me again. Now, this is what I call rickrolling because a lot of times, and Nadia, I think you talked about this earlier, you watch this video and someone says, hey, I want to share with you something important, right? And then they lead you on and on and on and on. And then you realize about five minutes or maybe 10 minutes in, wait a sec, this whole thing is just setting you up for a sale. You went in there expecting something good and free, and then you realize you got tricked into watching a sales video. Now, that person might be able to get away with it one more time or two more times, but no more. You will block them, you will, might, might even report them as spam, but you will never trust them again. So the alternative to, to Rick Rolling, Rick Rolling is when you say one thing, you say you're gonna get something for free and you try to sell them. Some people will buy, you're not building trust in the community. You're absolutely not. So I don't recommend that. I have a rule and it's one of the, my core beliefs is never waste more than five seconds of someone's life. So if you're going to sell something in a video, which I have nothing against sales videos, these are important, but if you're going to do a sale in the first five seconds, you have to make it clear that it's a sale. All right. And you will probably only show this to the people who are very potential customers, people who We've already watched a lot of the videos. For example, in the beginning, you can do it very, you know, elegantly, for example. You can say, hey, guys, my name is Ken. I'm glad that you've been watching a lot of my videos. I put together this great course that I want to explain to you. Is that all right? And then at the beginning implies that I'm explaining something that's a product that they're going to want to buy. If I just go on and on and on talking about how great something is, and then they find out it's a sale later, that really sucks, right? So that's one of the important things. Never waste more than five seconds of someone's life right in the beginning. Let them know elegantly that you're going to try to sell something now you might get lower sales in the beginning but in the long term you will have more loyal community and it'll be easier to sell in the future hmm. yeah and you you're building trust, trust still yeah you're maintaining uh, that trust you're building it what breaks my trust is this trickery in it i felt Absolutely. i've been tricked into it and if there is an element of deceit i don't trust them anymore therefore it's appeal to me. They lost you forever, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Never again. Mm. Totally. All right, Ken, we've covered some pretty cool stuff. So I'd love to go back over everything, but I think I'm going to have to listen to the episode myself. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for sharing everything with us. You know, Hilda, I love the Rick Roll. I love hockey puck titles. And it was really, it's been great to catch you up with you again. the most important one at the beginning. The most important, which one? Tell me. S-H-I-T. <laughs> That's right. Well, I didn't forget about it. I just, <laughs> you just didn't um, want to mention it ever again. Uh, <laughs> hey, you said no boundaries, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, Nadia. I usually say it's my poop strategy, but you know, it's like, oh, well, I'll just call it what it is. <laughs> Why not? It is what it is. How can our listener connect with you, Ken? Well, I think probably the best way is my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Ken Okazaki. That's where you can see what I've been doing lately. The second one is my website, kenokazaki.com. And where's your most proudest moment? Like what is your latest, you would just say, that's my poster child work? So there is a client, his name is Peng Jun. He's Malaysian. Now, I don't know if he's ever going to hear this, but here's the truth. He's a short Asian guy, okay? He's good looking, but he's not Brad Pitt, (laughs) okay? But I love the guy to bits. when he first started out, he was a terrible speaker. And now he speaks, and I believe he's probably either the second or the third highest paid selling speaker in the world. And what we've done with him is we've taken his brand from being you know, already semi-successful, but we've grown it to over 2 million fans on Facebook. And he is getting a lot of business to his digital products all through the branding videos that my agency creates for him. So his style is very different from a lot of people. He wants it to look ghetto, to look like it's homemade. But the important thing is that people trust him. It looks like 
something that maybe even he did himself, but it's, that's why it feels real. And even though, you know, our agency can handle a lot of things, there's a certain look that we manufacture sometimes to make people feel more approachable. If it's too polished, then people feel like it's one of those scammy, sleazy salesmen again, right? So I love Peng Jun. He's had phenomenal success using our product, our service. And on top of it, you can see right away, it's not something that was an actual skill. If you know the systems and you get some coaching and you follow the process, I think literally anybody in the world can reach that level of success. So that's my proudest moment, really. Mm, well done. I like one thing. You just shared the secret that he likes the ghetto style. Here we are sitting in a ghetto trying to make this selfie and he's trying to make them style as a selfie. So it's interesting. So it's all the circle, yeah. all circle. In Australia at the moment, there is a big movement making your video looking Polish and professional. So the next thing we can be level up and start making ghetto videos. iPhone videos. <laughs> well, here is what I, I think works really well is number one, and I think Terrence, you know about this system called the Hydra, right? Mm. So you have a mix of those, okay? Like for example, you know, I've really seen Will Smith on movies, right? Mm-hmm. Right? It is Hollywood is nothing is more polished than Hollywood, period. Now he's starting to direct his own little episodes using his iPhone. Now he's got both. He's got the super polished and he's got the personal ghetto style. So I think you really do need to get your professional videos done, okay? Where it's polished. People see like, oh, this person is a real professional. At the same time, you share, you know, something like 30 days in our life. Hey, this is me, you know, going to the gym. This is my favorite gym. This is my favorite shake in the morning, you know? Hey, every time I wake up before I do this, I always, you know, meditate, whatever. So all the little things about you that people can see and feel that you're a real person, not just an image. So we categorize that, you know, we've got the super professional polished stuff. Then we have the 30 days in our life type of style videos. And both are important. I think that you got to play both sides of the spectrum. And there's just so much more that goes into deciding on, it's like, uh, you know, where you're going to shoot them, what mood you're going to be in. And I have a system I call the seven dwarfs, where, you know, like today I'm Doc. So Doc is always teaching stuff. He gives facts and figures. Or today I'm Grumpy. Grumpy is always ranting. You know, Grumpy is always calling people out. Grumpy is always, you know, talking about, you know, a little bit of a more edgy nature, right? And you've got Dopey who's like, hey, I'm on your side. It's okay. It's not your fault, right? So you got to talk about, you know, who you're going to be, where you're going to be, and what you're going to talk about. And there's a system to get this 30 days in a life done really elegantly and really, really easily. And I know we're out of time. I'm sorry if I'm taking up too much time, but I just wanted to address that. It's important to get both and you want to be as much of a well-rounded you know, appearance on social media as it can be, that builds trust. It all leads back to that. So, or Ken, I would like to tell you, like, I'm very thankful that Terence introduced us. I did not believe I will, I would have that much fun talking to videographer. Sorry if I'm just calling you this. You're probably so much more than that. Strategist, and there is a lot of science behind your very quirky names. You give them abbreviation and they're very catchy as well. What I do feel like I am just touch the surface of what you do know. That's how you're leaving me wanting more episodes with you. Tell us something, some cool stuff, and we would be so happy to have you again. What about you? I just made a decision for both of us. Is it okay with you? I'd be happy to. Yeah. Ken and I go. I'll I'll tell you what. Yeah. Bring Terrence, and I'm cool. (laughs) (laughs) Just me and a Russian in the same room, that could be scary, you know? Like. Seriously? We'd love to have you on again, Ken. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's all right. And is it okay if I put in a plug here for something? Yeah. Is, is sure. that all right? Okay. So yeah. We will cut I, it off. It's all right. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, you're the editors in the end. So actually, I've been, for, for some time, especially a few months ago, I realized that I maxed out how much time I want to be working with clients. Now, it's not exactly the same case all the time, but there was a point where I felt like I'm way too overworked as traveling and working with clients, even though I love it. So I decided I wanted to make a program that teaches people how to do it in their own company. So install these systems so that you can have repeatable success. And it's also going to be, I have a system for batching things, instructions for editors, training for the speaker, how to monetize the videos. I have lessons for that and I'm putting together an eight week course and Terrence knows about this 
And then I just been, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. He didn't tell me that. He was hiding. <laughs> he didn't ask. He wanted so, to just learn and then stand up as I thought. Well, here's, here's the thing. It does take a bit of time and I've got a lot of things that will help, you know, teaching aids and things like that. So this is going to become available most likely in about one month from now. And I think that on the next podcast, which I do commit to having with you, if it's okay with you, I'd like to introduce it. Is that all right? Yeah. Yes. Anything and, our uh, listeners can have an unfair advantage from, <laughs> you're welcome. Because I don't feel like you're plugging something in, you're giving value. It's very hard to sell something what our listeners don't benefit from. But if it's something will launch their successful career or successful business, it's you're very welcome. It's all about giving value. Thank you. And that's what I love doing. I love doing that. It's, mm. If I'm not giving value, then, then what am I doing? That's, mm. It's really that simple. Okay. Sounds good. Totally. All right, Ken. <laughs> thanks for a lot of fun. Thank you guys. That that was Thank loads you. of fun. Almost as much fun as our first conversation that we ever had. <laughs> <laughs> You're making her jealous, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> Letting Nadia know what she missed out on. And but no, it was great to have you on. Thanks for giving us so much value in this episode. Thanks for being part of the Unfair Advantage project. We'd love to have you back on again and hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Unfair Advantage Project. For more curated resources, visit us at unfairadvantageproject.com.